The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. God, you're amazing. And because of Jesus, you let us talk to you and we can ask you to do anything in your name. And God, that's amazing and I don't know why I would ever shy away from that. Teach us from your word how to pray. Show us your truth. And God, give us hearts. Give us hearts that just want to be in your presence so badly that prayer is not something we do, it's who we are. Let us be a church of prayer. It's in the name of Jesus that we ask these things. Amen. So I've titled this talk, Ask Him. Okay, ask him, that's God, ask him. Um, Because prayer at its basic level is to ask. Okay, it is to ask, but there's something else that's interesting. While you're asking God, you're also experiencing his presence. And I think for me, that's one of the things that gets set aside oftentimes when it comes to prayer. I get the asking part. God, do this, please. God, I uh, got this coming up, need you here, bud. That'd be wonderful. I, I get the asking part. What I sometimes fail to press into is the fact that every time I'm asking God to move, every time I'm asking him to do anything, big or small, I'm also in his presence. And so for me, it's important to put this out there and go, okay, every time you pray, whether you pray a lot or a little, take a moment at the beginning and realize, oh my goodness, I'm getting to talk to God, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, and he cares enough to let me have a conversation with him. Not only a conversation where like I email it up there and he reads it, like where I'm in his presence, I'm with God. I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one in the room, but it's, it's silly to think that I can pray and not truly get the magnitude of the reality that I'm in the presence of God when I'm praying. So to pray is to ask, but it also begins with entering into the presence of God. Jesus knows this. And he taught this in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter seven is where we'll be today. Matthew chapter seven, a few verses starting with verse seven. Jesus tells his disciples, ask, pray, and whatever you ask for, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Jesus begins his teaching on prayer by acknowledging that prayer starts with entering the presence of God. For some, they just turn and ask because God's right there. Hey, God, you're my buddy. I'm walking with you. Now, I'm reverently walking with you, but uh, you're right here. We have this dialogue going. You're, you're my God. I, I'm your child. That's, that's where we're at. And that's where we should be. That's where Jesus, I think, is ultimately saying his best. Ask and it will be given to you. But then there's others who in order to ask, in order to enter into the presence of God, you're gonna have to seek a little bit. Not because God's wandered away, but because you have. Because you've taken a little journey off down your own path and Before you can be in the presence of God, you're gonna have to kind of find your way back to him through faith. And then there's others 
who know where God is, but there's an obstacle, there's a door between you and God, and, and you're gonna need to knock on that. You're going to need to address that obstacle. But I want you to see that regardless of where you're at in proximity to God, the answer is the same to all. Ask and it will be given. Seek, you will find. Not if you do it perfectly, not after a period of time, just seek God in faith and you will find knock and whatever it is that's between you and God that's, that's hindering your relationship with him, knock, address that and that door will be open to you. It will be removed. Prayer begins with experiencing the presence of God. Prayer is available to everyone. I don't know why this is, but there's many people that I encounter who because of their view of God or their view of themselves, they feel like they are not worthy to pray. They feel like they're not able to experience the presence of God because of who they are, because of who he is. <clears throat> that is not true. And Jesus addresses that next in verse eight. Everyone who asks God will receive. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone who truly seeks God in faith will find him. And now I know there's some theological things here. I know there's some, some ideas that may be going on in your head. And you're going, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that I necessarily feel that. But then why would Jesus say it? Why would Jesus say it if it weren't true? Why, why would he be so clear in these words if that weren't the truth? Everyone who seeks, everyone who knocks, everyone who asks will experience God. Now, I want to make sure that we understand this. While that is a true statement, not everyone is able to pray. There's, there's one type of person that cannot see the power of God move in their prayers. And in our culture, we call that person an atheist, a person who does not acknowledge that there is a God. Now, it's not that that person, let's call him Atheist Todd. Atheist Todd, it's not that he can't ask, it's not that he can't speak the words or think about prayer, the reason that atheist Todd will never see God move is because atheist Todd doesn't believe that God exists. And that's the only caveat. That's the only thing that we have to bring into our prayer. It's not eloquence. It's not beautiful words. It's not seminary degrees. The only thing that we've got to bring to the table is the faith and belief that God is real. That when you lob one up, it's not just going to the rafters. It's going to the God of the universe that you believe exists. Even if you don't have the foggiest clue of how it works, who he is, but you just acknowledge, hey, I'm, I am asking God. The only time that prayer is ineffective is when those who are praying do not believe that they're praying to God. Now, it's available to everyone. Prayer comes with some promises Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back just real quickly. Um, how do you know? How do you know 
if your prayers are being heard? How do you know if, if some people's prayers aren't heard because they don't believe? How do you know if you're going to believe? Well, then just John chapter one, verse 12 clarifies it a little bit. Yet to all who have received him, to all who have accepted God, to those who believed in his name, his power, God gave them the right to become children of God. The, the qualification for being a child of God, for being one that we're gonna talk about here in the same illustration, uh, to be a child of God simply means you have received and acknowledged that he is God. It's pretty simple, pretty plain, pretty clear. Prayers to that God come with promises and it's promises of good gifts, okay? Good gifts to us. Skip down to verse 11, okay? Skip down to verse 11, Matthew chapter seven. If you then, though you're evil, Okay, the whole idea of like, I'm not good enough to go before God. I, I, I can't do it. I'm too much of a mess. I'm too broken. Jesus knows that. And if you, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You're corrupt. You still know how to respond to your children. God in heaven knows how to respond to his children. But do you see the last Two words there. He gives good gifts to those who ask. James says it very clearly that oftentimes we do not have because we do not ask. And I, that's why I have to start each year with this. I just wonder what kind of opportunities I miss on an annual basis simply because I have not asked God to move. I know he loves me. I know he made me. I know he has a great plan for me. I, I know the truths. And God knows what I need before I ask him, right? Right? I mean, I, I, why am I even doing this? Why, why in the world am I taking the time to, to ask, have this conversation with God? He knows better than me what I need, right? But Jesus tells us, James reminds us that God desires for us to go ahead and humble ourselves and ask him anyway. I don't think this is some kind of manipulative game. Do you wanna know why I think God does this? Two reasons, take these to the bank. One, he wants us to ask so that when he does it, we can give him the glory for it. I asked you to do this, God, and you did it. That's nuts. So, because if we don't ask him for anything and we just kind of receive this blessing, it's, it's harder to give him the glory. But when you ask and God does, boom, that's amazing. The second reason he wants us to ask, he wants us to be in his presence. He made us to have relationship with him. And when I go weeks without praying, he's up there going, I, I've got so much more for you, man. Just, just come talk to me. Come be in my presence. I, I promise you it'll be good. He wants the glory and he always wants to have relationship with us. We just finished Christmas. Did, did anyone get just an amazing gift? Raise your hand, be honest. Like you're just like, I got something awesome. Did anyone? No one? No one. Back row. I think that's Jennifer. Is that Jennifer? I think Jennifer got a great gift. Wow. Okay, this whole illustration just went to pot. 
I had this illustration. It was gonna be really good because like 20 of you were gonna raise your hand. Then I was gonna say, which of you had this amazing gift asked for it? Did, Jennifer, did you ask for, did, or did Larry just know? What, what happened? See? This illustration's got traction again, all right? I love it when it works out like this. So Jennifer, you asked for this amazing gift. You received it. Does it make it any less special that the giver of that gift had to be asked for it? Thank you. She's not planted, folks. This is completely, this is completely real. Um, so I think anyone would say that, right? In November, if you're like, hey, I really want this, and on Christmas morning, this is unwrapped, you're just like, that's awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving me what I wanted. I think we get derailed sometimes because we're like, hey, you know, I don't want to ask God for this because then, I mean, it just kind of takes away some of the, the coolness of God. No, it's, no one thinks that. No one thinks that. Have you ever gotten upset at someone in your life because they failed to do what you failed to ask them to do? No, I'm sure you haven't, right? <laughs> you should have known that I wanted you to do that. You should have asked me to do it and there's a 28% chance I would have. Like, <laughs> you see where I'm going. To pray is to ask. To ask does not diminish the relationship. Doesn't mean that God knows you any less, loves you any less, just because you ask him for certain things. And he wants you to do so because he wants you to be in his presence and he wants to get the glory. Now, the key here though, is that we get what we ask for when we ask for good gifts. And, and that's, that's always the caveat, right? It's like, you know, God's got this great scapegoat. He, if I pray and he doesn't say yes, then he can always just be like, well, I know what's better for you. In the words of Garth Brooks, <laughs> sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I don't know if your high school relationship was a train wreck too, and now it's a whole lot better, but... I've lived long enough to be able to look back over the years and see things that I prayed fervently for that God said no. I was upset in the moment and now I look back and go, I was a moron. That would not have been good. That would not have worked out well. Now there's also those who have prayed prayers, the answer hasn't come and you cannot for the life of you figure out how that was good, okay? So I don't want to joke through this and I don't want to belittle anyone's feelings. There comes a time in our life when God says no and when we cannot fathom why that you have to just fall back on faith. Okay, doesn't make it super easy, but it's the reality that he is God and we are not. Okay? 
verses nine and 10. Which of you, if your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you give him a snake? Jesus is being funny. No one would do that. Nor would God. If we ask him for good gifts, he'll give us good gifts. He doesn't give stones and he doesn't give snakes. He gives bread and fish. Now, not to derail this conversation. I know Lamborghinis didn't exist when Jesus spoke these words, but he also doesn't say he gives Lamborghinis. Okay? He gives bread and fish. Even though Jesus is trying to be funny, I I think he's trying to show us, you will receive what is best for you and what you need. Maybe not everything you want. He gives bread and he gives fish. Prayer comes with the promise of answers and good gifts. So how do you pray? I think you should pray continuously. Well, Todd, I don't do that. Nor do I. But might as well set the bar where it belongs. Pray continuously. Pray without ceasing. You know what's funny? Uh, we joke about that, like within our staff, because you know we're we're all pastors, so we joke about that. Like, hey, what were you doing? Right, well, you know, when someone zones, I was just praying because I pray continuously. You know, why, why didn't you get this done? I was too busy praying. Yeah, we joke about it, but we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't because it should be something that marks our lives. It should be something that, yeah, you, hey, why, why, why were you an hour late getting in the office today? I just couldn't stop praying. And you're not joking. You're not using it as some excuse. It's like, no, I just really, I was praying. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Now, I, obviously, I, I would be really stoked if my staff did that. Your boss may not agree. So, We should pray continuously. We should ask him to move. We should ask him. We should seek him. We should knock and let the door be open to us. And so this year, can I, can I just, can I challenge myself and then let you jump in if you want to make this a year where we ask God for more? Not more stuff. We ask him more frequently. We see prayer as this beautiful gateway to the presence of God. And and even if we don't have a ton of stuff on our prayer list, we just go ahead and pray anyway because we get to be with him. I I get that's a big, tall challenge. But it's one that I think we should take seriously. And it's one that I think Jesus, at least in his Sermon on the Mount, is teaching his disciples to love to pray. They'll ask him in the next few verses, okay, then teach us, Jesus, how to pray. And he does. Very seldom in Jesus' ministry does Jesus like show them how to actually do stuff. But prayer is one of the ones he's like, yeah, okay, let me me give you some examples here. 
ask him. So here's, here's how we can... Here's how we can simplify that big challenge into a measurable goal, okay? Measurable goal for the next, let's say, seven days. Cool? Measurable goal, next seven days, as the band comes back up here, okay? I want you, each and every one of you, and I'll do this as well, I want you to take the current biggest challenge that you are facing in your life. Now, for some of you, you're like, I got it. I'm gonna have to think for a while. My life's really good. Others are gonna be like, done, got it. Can I have three? Of course you can. But I want you to take the current biggest challenge in your life, and I want to have you commit to, for the next seven days, to daily pray and ask God to move in and through that challenge, that circumstance. And I'm not a big journaler, I don't think, but go ahead and today write down what that is and write down exactly how you're asking God to move so that if he chooses then in the next seven days to answer that prayer, you're gonna be able to see, holy moly, that worked. And if in the next seven days he chooses not to, then I would ask you to keep praying. I've, I've talked to so many children, spouses who said, I have been praying for my spouse to do this for 25 years. But I'm gonna do it daily. I'm gonna keep praying because I know God will, I know God's up there and I know he's good and I know he's hearing. Children who pray for their parents, parents who pray for their children. I'm, I'm throwing out a seven day challenge, but really church, this is, it's bigger than that. It's about the relationship. It's about unlocking the power of God. It's about the importance of prayer. So just to make it measurable and attainable, seven days every day to see what God's gonna do. Trusting in the promise that those who ask, it will be given. Those who seek will find. And those who knock, the door will be opened to them. Trusting God for that. Trusting that he gives good gifts, even if we can't understand it. If you would like to start today with that, we have people up here that would love to do that with you. Love to pray with you. But whatever he's got going on. It's powerful, folks. It's good. And for some reason, it's the one thing that I, every year, seem to need to reevaluate. Got communion in the back of the rooms for anyone who would like to partake and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we can have relationship with God. Please do that at your discretion, at your leisure. I'm gonna just pray real quickly and then we're gonna respond. So if you would, okay, remember every time we pray, we go into the presence of God, okay? So for two, three seconds before I start praying, will you just acknowledge that? Like, not that, oh, it's the end of the service and now I gotta start packing up. Like, you're, God's here and you're going into his presence. So let's take two seconds, just acknowledge that. God, hear our prayers. And God, move for your glory. Let us be in awe of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Let's respond to him.